fuck, Mary kill. All right. J.J. Abrams. Democracy. Lasagna. <laughs> okay. I think I... Okay. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I think marry J.J. Abrams... He'd be very supportive. Good call. He's real. He's, he's real. Human. He's a human. Real. Uh, he'd support other people's projects. Like, he really brings people into the bad robot fold and, like, gives them opportunities. That seems really, like, mm-hmm. that's really loving, I think. And That's and good in a marriage. Plus, plus, he's got, like, financial stability, um, creative expression. Um, kill democracy, fuck a lasagna. Nice, dude. Me too. Mm. <laughs> Oh yeah, all right. We get we're cooking today. This is our we're second cooking. attempt. I know that we said we we're going to do weekly podcasts. We really genuinely tried last week, and then fucking Skype died. So fingers crossed this time, we don't have the shitty lag problems that we were having last time, and we can just have a conversation like two human beings in the same room. Yeah, I've been testing the thing all day. I've even moved the um, Wi-Fi extender to oh, this room, repair. so we're getting the. The direct bounce. You got you got all those bounces right in the hole. Yeah, I'm very yeah. excited. So you this haven't is... cheered up. You, um, I've you're cheered still up. as sad. I'm just. I'm, I've had a really big week actually, just work wise, and I'm just feeling very tired. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm looking forward to being cheered up by my best bud. Michael, always there to support, always complimentary, you know, nice things to say about me, brings me a little bit yeah. of cheer, no, like, unnecessary criticisms about my style, no jokes yeah. about old Nick and his silly big nose, yes, we get it, you're going on about it, okay. it's just a fun hour of friends. Yeah, I can promise about 60% of that, You're good, I think. Perfect. Why do you still have a fan in your room? Because it, w- w- because it was, well, I just don't want to give up on summer, I guess. I still f- holding on to the, I'm holding on to the hope that it might actually still be necessary. Today it was 23. Did I turn the fan on? No. But I might have. You're not, you're not going to turn the fan back on until November. December. Mm, you heard yeah, it you're here probably first. probably right. I just, I'm holding on to normal seat you know this is a pillar of my life and if i give this away then what's what's left michael yeah well i get that what's left this um this isolation stuff is like it's i can't can't remember if i said this to you last time we attempted but it's like it's groundhog day every day i don't maybe it's a bit different for you because you've got different projects to work for to work on and stuff and Maybe like more than one other person in the house, but every day I got like I, I didn't even realize it was daylight. You had to tell me it was daylight savings, and then I'd gained an hour the other day. Yeah, I the whole whole of Thursday I thought it was Friday. The whole I got to like ten p.m. and I was like to Emma, "Yeah, it's the weekend," and she's like, "No, it's not." <laughs> As if it matters. Yeah, no, it yeah. is. I mean, but. Like, I I don't disagree at all. Um, it is definitely very, very weirdly repetitive in a very strange kind of time blurry way. But 
you still have more freedoms than I do. So just try and picture that. Like you have you some, mean? you can get food in, right? You have some stores uh, open. You have uh, like more people moving around still outside. Yes, they've told um, you to sort of hang around, but I don't know if it's completely clear um, to every Australian listener that New Zealand is entirely shut. Like everything except for supermarkets and pharmacy. There are no cars on the road. You're not allowed to drive anywhere unless it's to go to one of those wow. two places, the supermarket or the pharmacy. You can't go swimming. You can't go to the beach. You can't go for a hike. You can't go surfing. You can't go hunting. They've told you to. You can walk small amounts of like exercise laps within, I think they said, like 5Ks of your house. But you can't drive somewhere and then exercise. You, you, can, right. you can run or cycle from your home and then return to that place. So, like, it is completely shut down in a way that's even mm. another level of crazy kind of claustrophobic. Um, that's yeah, that's well, not I me minimizing. That's just warning you about what's no, coming. No, no. <laughs> well, there, there was a news story here from another uh, yesterday or the day before where a learner driver was out on a drive and they couldn't justify it to the police when they pulled him over. And so yeah. they've got a $1,600 fine that yeah. actually has since been dropped. But yeah, it's not quite like that. We're, we we live opposite a cafe and a and a row of kind of business, uh, like a burger shop Shops, and a yeah. pizza thing in a cafe. And so there's always like soccer moms out there and I go out there and have a chat with them and stuff and it's great. Yeah. But for the most part, it's a, most, it's a ghost town. Yeah. But um, yeah, just I'd, what I'd kill for the luxury of getting some takeaway. Like I I oh, I man, like cool. I like cooking. I'm I'm a pretty decent cook, but having to prepare breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day of the week on end is starting to like totally. Like I just got so used to you know on a Friday night or like a Saturday for lunch or Sunday for lunch, you can just go and get a pie, or you could you know yeah. get some Thai food or something. You just can't. You have to. You're cooking or preparing food every single meal and that's weirdly the thing which is starting to get to me no i feel you we've we've uh, admittedly been getting takeout way more than we should um at the moment we had like three days in a row actually yeah well Um, i suppose you're supporting local businesses as long as they're not um, yeah sure (laughs) actually handing it to you is mcdonald's a local business i'm just joking they're not local Okay, well, they are local to us. <laughs> <laughs> They're our local McDonald's. <laughs> um, how is the how is the uh, work at home life? I mean, I know that you're unemployed, but that I, you know, you're living with someone who's working from home, and you're theoretically trying to find work, keeping yourself occupied with projects. Are you going into your like a work zone and trying to sit down and be productive, or are you treating this like a holiday? No, I'm not. Um, it's a funny one because okay, so I do, I do I still got the radio, so I'm still clicking onto that. Uh, <laughs> I've still got something to do on a Monday, and that's that's good. Um, I have gone a little bit crazy. I started making these weird videos, um, which I've actually like started to make a lot of them and like going crazy. I can't tell yet if I, I'm if that's me going crazy or if that's me channeling the stir crazy into something creative but i have it's been good actually like apart from the 
the looming threat of uh, financial ruin. terror, ruin, um, and uh, not knowing because we because it's tough. I've applied for a few jobs and stuff, like I said in the last thing, um, but it, we're waiting for this job keeper thing to be announced or to, to actually job, go through parliament, seeking. which has been a, no job keeper. What's job so they're actually going to pay? You haven't heard about this? No, I don't pay attention to you. Ah, um, sound like my dad. Actually, he wouldn't have even said that. He just does it. He's an action <laughs> man. Uh, um, job keeper is this bill, uh, whatever law that they've. I don't know what it's called. Uh, that they're putting through. They're trying to get it through tomorrow through Parliament. Called uh, so they they're going to pay all workers, casual or full time workers, fifteen hundred bucks a fortnight. No matter how how many hours you did, right. everyone. So people working at the cinema two shifts a week, yeah, fifteen hundred bucks a fortnight. Full time people like me, fifteen hundred bucks. Everyone. You don't have to show but any loss of income. That's just like universal. Uh, that's like a, so, a, a, a federal handout. No, so that is so that that is paid to your employer so that your oh. employer can keep you on the books. Oh, interesting. So it's basically trying to keep people in on the uh, businesses. So you're actually alive. still not going to be receiving any of that money if you're not working, but it's an incentive to cover the overheads for businesses to keep you around. Is that right? Yeah, I won't be I'm I still I still have an our work situation's tricky because we, they don't know when they're going to reopen. Yeah. Um it's but it's not meant to so, pay people's salaries. It's not actually going to end up in workers' hands. It's staying at the business level to no, it is. defray their costs. It is. No, no, no. It is. This is this is for wages specifically for wages. So, but are they paying you even if you are They're not paying... working? Yes. Okay. Wow. They're paying businesses fifteen hundred dollars per fortnight per employee that's eligible. But yeah, you have and, to work and the, for twelve and the months. The business has to give it to the employee. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the only the only stipulation, I th- well, there's a couple of stipulations, but one of them was that you had to have been employed by that company for 12 months. Right. Okay. So I'm waiting for that. Um, I haven't... Tricky thing with the work situation. They were like, if you need a separation certificate in order to access the government entitlements or whatever, then you'll probably need a separation certificate. Which I mean, what we, a euphemism! Be... <laughs> what a what euphemism! A separation certificate. Here's here's proof that we fired you. <laughs> they're basically no. They're asking for our. If we want that, we have to resign. Which I haven't done. Wait, if you if you, if want, you want a separation, a, if you want to be able to apply for job loss funding, you need evidence that you've been fired. You, well, my understanding was that you needed a, a certificate from your employer saying you had, you're you're in stand down or you've um, you've separated from the company. When you're saying separation, do you mean fired or is that a term of art that they've now invented for this situation where people are unable to work during the hiatus but theoretically are still employed? The our, my the company I work for is not going to fire us. Okay, that doesn't answer the question. We're we're in stand down, and if we want to separate, 
from them, we have to say we have to resign. <laughs> okay. What? Just what like am I not getting? just like the useless way to answer a very direct question. But it's fine. I get the picture eventually. I'm answering it how I know how to answer it. Yeah. So it it is <laughs> <laughs> it is like a div. <laughs> a separation certificate is proof that you have resigned or been fired from a company. Yes. It is not Your Honor. It is not merely a thing that says we're not currently paying this person or they've no. they've been stood down, but you have to have quit. Have you never had have you never been on Centrelink? No. Really? Yeah. <laughs> not a great gotcha question. That really pissed I rest my, my case. Well. <laughs> Your Honor. Uh, speaking of I rest my case, George Pell is back yeah. in action, baby. Woo! Yeah. What back a, on, uh... And a win for pedophiles everywhere. Yeah. George Pell is on the loose, ready, single, and ready to fiddle. <sighs> that is slanderous, and I will give you a chance to retract that now that he's been legally had his o- convictions for pedophilia overturned. Really? But he was found guilty. Oh, so that, so that means he's not guilty anymore? Correct. I thought they were like, uh, I thought it was like more of a technicality thing. Yeah, no, they they undid the conviction, so he has not been convicted of it. Hmm. Well, it's a weird one because I saw you a could lot call of him an accused pedophile. Sure, I'm going to call him a. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to have to believe nah, that. I'm... Really? Yeah. We're fancy. We're litigating ourselves. Ew. Um. I, I'm actually like making that joke, undoing the point that I'm about to make, which is I saw a lot of hate backlash against it on social media and stuff. And I was thinking like, well, I mean, if the high court decided that he's, there wasn't enough there, shouldn't like, is, has people, do people just have no faith? Like people have just decided that he's guilty. Like well, sure, a, guilt, a jury find, found him guilty, that's, that's, but that's the high the court, like we should have. That's, that's yeah. I think, where the um, concern comes from because, look, I, I really, I've, I've been properly busy these past couple of days, so I haven't read the, um, the decision from the High Court or anything in particular detail. But the, um, I think the reason that people are uh, disappointed in this is because it went to a jury. A jury sat there and they heard all of the evidence. They heard the evidence from the prosecution and they heard the evidence from the defense and they sat down and they deliberated and made a call. And what the High Court decision said was basically, we think the jury did not correctly decide this case. And I think that's what is potentially their legal right, but also seen as the you know, miscarriage of justice is, is potentially the wrong phrasing, but it, that's why it riles people because it feels like the jury sat there and they heard that evidence and they made that choice as our system allows. And now the high court has stepped in and said, actually, you got this wrong. You didn't, you didn't think about it properly. You didn't know what you're talking about. Mm. It will decide for you. But really, what does, the, what does the jury really know, though? I mean, they're just some guys. 
I don't have time to explain our entire judicial system and how it works to you, Michael. At some point, Do you're going to just... Do it in a just, quick segment. You're going to have to just, like, put in just a slight amount of effort into any of your statements because nah. at a certain point, Not it my... just relies on you actually wanting to find out things rather than just making off-the-hip kind of judgments. Not how I roll, baby. Not how I roll. Welcome to this. from the mouth. You can go now. You can do the thing. Welcome to D4, everybody. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. I've just been looking forward to this for a while. It's just nice to get a bit of an outlet, you know, to feel like my social contact is reaching beyond the bounds of this house and into the ears of people all around the world. Uh, sitting through the internet with me today is one of my associates, Michael. Say hi, Best Michael. friends. Uh, Best friends. Ciao, bella. Uh, colleagues. That was Italian. And I'm Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi. Hi, Nick. Hi. Thank you for asking. It's weird that you can't tickle yourself. I tickle myself all the time. <clears throat> Do you? Like, why can't you tickle yourself? You can tickle yourself. You can't tickle yourself. You can tickle yourself. Come yeah. over here, I'll tickle you. Can't... you. I'm very ticklish. You'd be able to tickle me by looking at me. Don't. <laughs> don't. Do. Nicholas. Don't try and tickle. Tickle. Well, now I can't say the you rest of the that. the subtext text. <laughs> uh, like my dick pic the other day? Yeah, thank you for sending me that. Michael sent me a picture of a penis. Out of the blue. Um, A big one too. (laughs) And I appreciated that you spent some time and energy to really think through, what kind of dick do I want to send Nick? Um, I don't feel like I want to retread too much about what we talked about in previous podcasts, nor in our aborted Friday night attempt. But... um, is there any other Corona stuff that you just want to touch on briefly? Um, how is Australia looking? Do you feel like you're going to be in lockdown anytime soon? Um, actually, I'll start with a little story, which I thought was quite cute. Jacinda, Please in her presentation do. yesterday, announced... Arden. Jacinda Ardern, the uh, Prime Minister of New Zealand, uh, announced that there was an exemption on the travel ban for the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy. So no one had Yay! to worry that they wouldn't be turning up. And I thought that was That's good. very cute and very sweet and considerate. And I think actually the uh, Western Australia Premier did a similar thing as well. Um, but I just thought that was fun. What, can I just ask a quick question about that? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was the Easter Bunny and who else? The Tooth Fairy. The Tooth Fairy. So you what, wouldn't want the Tooth Fairy to planes? get an eye of the Easter Bunny though. Two big chompers right out in the no. front. I assume that they flew across continents. And I think that I mean, are they just catching air travel like on Air New Zealand? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think now it's actually like a, a private jet and or a helicopter, um, just because yeah, yeah. Air New Zealand's had to cut a lot of domestic travel um, routes in this sort of crisis. But it's just nice to know that. Um, you know they're exempt from these kind of limitations. That is good. How how also how big is the tooth fairy? The tooth like, fairy is very, overnight like a mosquito, tall, 
but very, no. s- very like slim in like a creepy kind of Slender Man sort of way. Really long, yeah. extendy kind of creepy hands. Uh, and then I was reaches into your mouth and like thing. pulls out the tooth. No, she doesn't pull out the tooth, Nick. That's a dentist. That, she she just gives you money for the it. tooth. She's yeah. she's taking the teeth, the toothers, and then going back to the to a cave, presumably, and then I don't doing something with these tooth. Yeah. Teeth. Summoning What's she doing? What is she doing? She's got Do you a, know that she's got a go on. Well, it's a little known fact, but toothpaste is actually just ground up teeth mashed together into a polyp. Are you serious? No, yeah. it's not. That's why, why it's so it good for your minty? teeth. Yeah, exactly. Ah, so you just, what... teeth are good for the teeth. Teeth are good for the teeth. It all adds up. Uh, that's That makes sense in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, it's like saying, um, it's like saying, I don't have an allergy. Ready to go for that one? Sorry. How's uh, Australia doing? Great. It's cool. Fine. Okay, good. There's, well, we've recapped. Um, I hope everyone at home is at home. and Flattening the curve. The numbers are... There's F like a the little C. bit of at the moment. There's a little bit at the moment of, oh, we got this baby under control. Right. Because a bit of the overconfidence. Death, the, yeah, I think there's a little overconfidence at the moment. A little sense that an Easter's coming up. This weekend, so yeah, people weekend. are people going to be able to travel? Have they locked that? Have no. they said no? They're, they're still locked no, in. Do yeah, that. yeah, that's so, good. So yeah, that's. I think they're worried about people going. Yeah, but even today we went on a walk and I saw some guys tying up a boat and I was like, "Where are you going with that boat?" And they said, "Mind your fucking business." And I said, "Sorry." Um, that didn't happen, but I did see them tying up a boat and I did wonder where they were going with that boat. A church is closed. Um, churches are closed. Yes, I believe they are. Interesting. Wait, yeah. Cool. I hope everyone at home is taking care of themselves and feeling okay and gainfully employed and healthy and stimulated. Make sure you got lots of jigsaw puzzles. Let's talk about Louis C.K. Louis C.K., the comedian? Comedian. Uh, sexual assaulter. Release. No, that's not true. It is true. That's not true. It is true. No, it's not. Why is that no, not it's true? Not. He didn't sexually assault anyone. Of course he did. No, he didn't. Why? Why do you think he, he didn't sexually assault someone? He didn't sexually assault anyone. This he... is this is probably the problem. I've... Why did he not sexually assault anyone? What's your definition of sexual assault? All right. You tell me how he sexually assaulted someone. Because he whipped his dick out in front of people and masturbated in front of them, and they didn't want that. In every case, he asked if he could do that. He shouldn't have asked, but in every case, he asked if he could do that. I went, I went back over the New York Times article. But just because someone there was not one answer... case, there was not one case where he said, "Can I could you jerk off in front of you?" Where they said no, that he did. So that's not sexual assault. He shouldn't have asked. But it is, it is still sexual assault to put someone in that position, even if you do decline and he doesn't do it. It's actually not. You're pressuring people but, in a, a professional environment into a sexual situation that they did not consent to. That's not expected location for that kind of behavior. What do you mean 
What What do you mean? If you're in a workplace in- environment and someone comes up to you, if you're at work, if you're at your bar and someone came up to you and said, hey, can I, uh, can I jerk off in front of you right now? Even if you say no, that's not acceptable behavior. That's not a sexual assault, though. If you're intimidating someone or making them feel uncomfortable in that way, then I believe it is on that scale. I think it's an abuse of power, for sure. I'm just looking up at what the uh, definitions are uh, so that we can have some clarity. Okay, understanding sexual assault and consent. What is sexual assault? It's used to describe a range of sex crimes committed against a person. It is any unwanted or forced sex act or behavior that has happened without a person's consent. It may include rape, indecent assault, or acts of indecency like exposure. It's a violent crime and is not always committed by strangers. Often the offender is known to the victim and can occur within relationships or marriage. Uh, It can be a terrifying experience that may have long-term effects on the victim regardless of their age, gender, status, culture, ability, or sexuality. What is consent? A person consents to sexual activity if they do it actively, freely, voluntarily, and consciously without being pressured into it. What is not consent? Not resisting is not consent. A person does not consent to sexual activity just because they do not protest or physically resist. A person does not consent to sexual activity if they allow it because of physical force or threats or fear of force. Being impaired is not consent. That one's uh, fairly straightforward. Misunderstanding is not consent. A person doesn't consent to sexual activity with another person if they allow it because they're mistaken about who the other person is or if they didn't understand what was happening. Um, Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that there are plenty of non-physical turns, uh, non-physical ways in which you can commit sexual assault and it can happen in between people who already know each other in ways that totally. are merely exposure and that sort of thing. I think my argument that you're putting someone into that situation where it is uh, entirely uh, uncalled for would be on that spectrum, though I accept that you might see it differently. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. certainly not denying that the guy's a bit of a perv, bit of a creep, uh, and abused his power in asking women to jerk off in front of him some of which said yes some of which uh said no um but as far as i can tell and we're talking about five women that we know of here um plus like people like sarah silverman who whatever so as far as we know he hasn't he hasn't actually he hasn't actually done it he hasn't actually gone ahead with the jerking off when he's been um denied but i'm not saying that he's he's you know he's a technicality he's out of the woods he should never have done that he should never have done that it's a creepy thing to do um yeah uh, as you said yeah definitely and that's 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 the worst that's the worst thing to me is that he abused his power um and like we said his manager dave uh, something whatever becky um the uh women have accused comedians in the business have accused him of um, kind of hustling them out or um, intimidating them as well. That's, that's fucking bullshit. That's that. I hate that. Obviously I hate that, but I think we really, we do need to be careful about how we label this, this stuff. Like with the Aziz Ansari stuff. I mean, People say when we talk about this, I think even you said, oh, this, I don't think anyone's holding 
uh, Aziz or Louis on the same scale that they're holding Weinstein, but they are, they are doing it. And you, you, you just did it just then, you know, with the, with the labeling it sexual assault. And I get that there's like a gray area there and it's tricky and maybe I'm splitting hairs, but uh, I think those things need to be there. I mean, we call murder, we, we have different degrees of murder. You know, we have those for a reason. We, we need to have, there needs to be a scale from, you know, Aziz Ansari to Harvey Weinstein. There needs to be there. But I'm not saying he's not a creep. The, uh, the assault thing comes back to my memories of criminal law, where I discovered the difference between assault and battery. You can assault someone without doing any physical thing to them at all. Assault is the threat of violence and battery is a physical offence, right? So perhaps that's colouring my intent or my understanding of the phrase sexual assault because it is the the threat of or the intimidation about the thing as opposed to, quote-unquote, the battery equivalent where it becomes a, a physical action or indeed a followed-through threat to or yeah. request to masturbate. So I, I, I hear your point and I, I don't... Um, disagree that there needs to be nuance in, in the way that people talk about one uh, uh, of the accused versus another. At the same time, I don't think it is unreasonable to talk about Aziz Ansari and Louis C.K. and Harvey Weinstein in the same breath because they're all symptomatic of a larger issue, which is the ways in which men abuse their power about others. And perhaps yeah. you are uh, sensitive to the fact that some people might hear that sentence and think, oh, so Louis C.K. did what Weinstein did. I don't know that that necessarily occurs too much because of the coverage that all of them have had, but I, 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 I take the point. At the same time, I think that they deserve to be spoken about in the same breath because they're all instances of terrible men making terrible choices about the way they treat others around them, even if the uh, specifics of what they did are of different quote-unquote offensiveness levels if you like but i don't think it's wrong to to label those people together or to talk about the me too movement and the cluster of those names um even if you go like down as low on the i suppose celebrity scale as like dan Harmon and the way he treated um megan what's her face uh Gans, Megan Gans, and flirted with her uncomfortably all through community until she left, you know, up to, you know, the Aziz Ansari where it was two people who misunderstood perhaps what was happening in in a tryst to the Louis C.K. where it was very clearly one person doing something that others were potentially <laughs> less likely to misunderstand um, as to what the intents were, and then all the way up to the severity of the the Weinstein's and that sort of stuff, where it was pure rape and and just yeah. horrible. Um, I suppose we should say why we are talking about this in the first place. It's because so Louis uh, just dropped a special uh, two days ago. Well, let, um, can we go one more go step on. step back? Sorry, before that, let, sure. let just chart a little bit more of that in between. So after the New York Times thing came out in twenty seventeen, seventeen. Yeah, he um, he put out the letter admitting it, um, accepting that he had done things wrong. He was going to step away out of the line, like take some time to listen um, and to become a better person and learn from what he did and, and 
that was that was his kind of statement. It went away for a year, maybe even less. How? What year was it when he came back? Twenty eighteen. What do you mean? Before he started doing shows again, yeah. doing live shows again. Yeah, was it twenty eighteen? Well, it... I think we were having this chat last around this time last year, so I reckon it was yeah, start of twenty nineteen maybe. Yeah, yeah. It was um, it was not that long, and there was no um, public facing news of this. He just started sort of turning up and and going into the clubs to work on some sets. Um, and th- there was a bit of a flurry, which is, as you say, something that we then talked about on the pod. Um, and he continued to do shows. It was being recorded. There was a bit of a, um, a media storm about some of the lines that he was trying out, which were like <laughs> telling the victims of school shootings to settle down and this kind of thing. Um, and then he sort of went away out of the radar again, right? And he was still doing these shows, but the controversy of it was no longer novel. He was selling tickets. People were showing up. And the end result of that, as you said, was he just released this special uh, coming up on three years since since the original um, Step Away from the Limelight. Yeah, I think the New York Times thing came out around like September or October in 2017. So yeah, it's like two and a half years. Yeah. Um. Mm. Um, and then you watched it and I would like to know bought it and watched it yeah I would like to know your thought process leading up to that Mm. yeah so um, I think the so yeah I was always gonna I was always gonna buy it it was always gonna happen I've actually really never had that much of an issue and i was thinking about this today a little bit like is it is it just the separating the art from the artists is that is that what i don't have an issue with i mean i still listen to michael jackson um i mean it's that but then i'm like well when i'm watching i, I haven't like sought out seeking uh sought out watching a woody allen movie and that has kind of painted my has kind of tainted my view of Woody Allen, and I guess uh, I'm not denying that my view of Louis is completely, you know, unscathed. And I'm like, yeah, go Louis. I mean, there's a part, the the reason why I was always going to buy it, and the reason why I did buy it, and the reason why I'm glad that I bought it, is because he's a guy that I think is really good at, really good at his job. He's a, he's, he's really funny. He really, he makes me think. And I, and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to hear, given everything that's happened, I wanted to hear how he came out of that. Now, the issue that I think you think uh, exists, and you sent me a message saying, I can't believe you're going to give this guy your money, um, is that we shouldn't be supporting financially a guy that has been, um, yeah, who, who has done some pretty... I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to call it. Done some, done some horrific shit. Kind of uh, put people in a, put women in a really uncomfortable position. Made them, you know, actively kind of gone after their careers, or whatever. Uh, made them feel scared, and uh, you know, um, 
yeah, in, in, intimidated. I guess is sexually intimidated, which is a which is a horrible which is a horrible horrible thing um, to make someone feel that. But I I wanted to I, I guess I guess I don't have any I don't I'm able to separate who I think he who what he what service he provides me with the man um, that he seems to be and part of this whole take away you know cancel this guy's career or whatever i mean again there's a there's a sliding scale with this stuff and you don't want harvey weinstein still producing movies so then you know part of my thought process on this when you challenge me on it is like well if i'm like i'm gonna let lou if i'm gonna allow in at least in my my headspace allow louis to continue to work or at least pay for the work that he's putting out there you know um uh, why we why why don't know hold him to the same candle that uh hold harvey weinstein to um yeah i mean i'm not really sure but i i think there's a part of me that thinks that the whole canceling of someone's career is kind of an arbitrary thing it's like why are we canceling someone's career like it's is it just because that's what gives them, uh, that's what keeps them in the spotlight? That's what keeps them um, in people's, in the forefront of people's minds? I mean, can't we just take away like a house or something? Um, I'm kind of like losing, I'm kind of like forgetting what my initial point is and then like elaborating on my last point And then I don't actually know where I am on, on this point here, on this rant, Nick. Um, you want to chime in? I'll chime in when you when you've said all you wanted to. Okay. Anyway, so uh, I paid for this thing and I watched it, and I got to tell you, it was really, really fucking good. It was really funny. He addressed he addressed the allegation. He not the allegations. I'll, I'll stop calling them that. My bad. He he addressed the he addressed his wrongdoing um, in a pretty interesting way. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't overly remorseful. I would say, but it was. This is this is what happened. He made an interesting observation. He was like, "It's it's a weird thing to to go on the street and everyone knows what your thing is." And he was like, "One of the jokes he made is, dude, Obama knows my thing. Do you know how it feels that Obama knows my thing?" Um, so it wasn't particularly remorseful, but I mean. Um, you love, I mean, part of what, you know, we both love Louis, Nick. Like, I know, like, part of what I don't understand about your complete, like, dismissal of him is that, like, you, I know you admire his art. I know you, we both love him. And for me, just to just be like, nah, I'm not even going to listen to this guy. Like, aren't you curious about what he has to say about everything? At least, I mean, I get not wanting to pay for it. I mean, that's 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 the other thing here. He's put it out there. And obviously, Netflix isn't going to give him a deal or anything, and uh, no, like third party corporations is actually going to be like, yeah, Louis C.K. So he's put it out on himself. The email is like, this is what you know. I'm basically cancelled, but here's this thing that I produced put out completely myself so people have the choice whether or not they can access this guy's uh, product um 
that's the thing. Like, if you don't, if you don't want to support this guy, you you could absolutely do that. Um, but what I what I guess I like don't really like is the judgment on people who do, because that is completely a personal choice. All right, I'm going to shut up now. Alrighty. Sorry about that. No, Add a few wines, maybe. I wanted to give you the chance to hang yourself in the court of public opinion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that noose is tight. <laughs> uh, so a, a few issues, obviously. Um, I'll go sort of backwards, I suppose, because I remember them most clearly. Um, I did used to like and admire um, Louis C.K., but it is not true that I do anymore. It is a past tense. I'm I'm sad that that I have lost that um, uh, really impressive comedic mind. But he, I don't, I can't take his art. I'm not willing to listen to his point of view anymore because I don't believe in his perspective. I, I'm not interested in hearing what to say, what what he has to say, even about non sex crime related <laughs> issues because I I'm I don't like him as a person anymore. And in the same way that I unfollowed your mum on Facebook when she was posting all of her shitty memes, I don't I don't want to listen to just gibberish from someone that I don't respect. That's, that was real, wasn't it? You that's did not a slam. Mom. I did unfollow your mum. We're still friends. She does post a lot of shitty memes. <laughs> I do respect your mum, but I don't want to um, see that content. The um, the thing with Louis C.K. is that I just don't. I'm not interested in what he has to say. He, I was. I, you can go back and listen to the podcast. I was hoping that he would take the time away, come to some reflection, and emerge a better person. You know, emerge and and write the New York Times rebuttal to his own New York Times coverage and be like, I was a fucking asshole and I've sat back and I've listened and these are the things that I've internalized and these are the things that I've learned. I was hoping that like his character on the show, he would muddle through and end up somehow wiser or worldly or or witty and become an advocate turn his back on the things that he had done and try in some way to make up for it right and can i just can can i just interject here so is it that he hasn't i mean because who are how do you know that he hasn't does him making that public uh is that the metric by which you're going to judge this like he he'll have to basically publicly yes. confess right yes so you don't is. just trust that he's just doing this i've no, um, i have no evidence to believe that he has right right okay i i accept that that is somewhat an unfair burden right but it, it became a public issue and he acknowledged it publicly and more to the point it's a standard that he set up for himself when he acknowledged that this was true he said he was going to do this. He said he was going to go away, think about what he did, become a better person, and he hasn't done that. That's that is a standard that he set for himself. 
So I don't think it's unreasonable when he made that public statement to then say, hey, didn't you say you were going to be a better fucking person? And to see no evidence that he has, to see no evidence that he has, you know, attempted to direct his funds to, you know, women comedians, tried to change anything about the thing. If he still wants to be a comedian, then working from within that industry to improve the way that it works. That is why, as a personality, I, I'm not interested in hearing his perspective anymore because all that I now have to take away is the fact that he would... He said he would do something and he didn't do it. And the things that I know he did, I think are pretty fucking horrible. So why do I want to listen to his perspective? Even if he has a great comedic wit, even if we know that he made uh, a, a groundbreaking TV show, I just, I'm not interested in him anymore because I, <laughs> it doesn't deserve it. Um, taking one more step uh, back again, in terms of the whole paying money for the thing, you say that he's really good at his job and that you see it as like a business transaction and you are spending money for the art separate to the artist as a, as a person because he makes you laugh. Where does that money end up? Does the art get the money or does the artist get the money? The artist gets the money. It enables the artist to commit, keep making the art. But it ends up with the artist, doesn't it? it, it Maybe he uses it for good. Well, Maybe he uses to, yeah. it for lube and just keeps jerking off. Uh, <laughs> literally, I did send it. I, literally, some percentage, I sent, I, <laughs> some percentage of the money that you bought on the special, some percentage of that is gone to buy Louis C.K. some lube. Now, now I, I had the same thought, and I'm just going to stop you right there, because with the PayPal transaction, I left it. You can leave a note, and I said, Louis... This goes to your special, and specifically not on lube. I said that. Wow. Um, so, so I, 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 I hear the, you know, we talked about art versus artists in an entire podcast. Again, you can go back and listen to it. I, I'm not interested in spending money on someone who already had the privilege. He already had the platform. He already had the power. He already had the millions of dollars and the FX exclusivity deal. He had all this stuff already. I'm not interested in giving him more of that when he demonstrated who he was and then lost it. I'm more interested in giving money to people like Maria Bamford, who just put out a special, or uh, mm. Tignataro, or, you know... I haven't watched it yet. I've <laughs> I've been busy this week. Um, it's a weird uh, Maria Banford's one. Is a it's like a documentary slash special thing. Yeah, I, I don't want to get too off track yet to talk about it, but I'm really interested because yeah, I fucking right. love Maria Banford, and I like uh, that her best. most her most recent special starts with one person in a room, and then two people, and then three people, and like blows out to like a full crowd, and then ends back with just a one on one <laughs> show. It's fucking brilliant. She is one of the greats. She is. The, yeah, so the Louis thing with the money. Yeah. I, 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 have you bought any other comedic specials recently? Uh, no, but this is the only way you could get it. Sure. I mean, you could have pirated it and that wouldn't have paid any money. Um, to be perfectly honest, I did check if there was a link and there just wasn't. And I wanted it now. 
So that's okay. kind of the reason why. I don't know. I probably, I don't know. Ben, my brother, bought it twice accidentally. <laughs> um, he accidentally pressed two. Um, and then he got a refund. That's not important at all. Shh, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would have bought it. I did check for it for a torrent, though. Um, well, I, I think I'd just be restating myself to summarize and say that I'm not interested in his perspective because I don't like him as a human being. I don't think his character has demonstrated that he's attempted to uh, learn anything from the experience. I don't want to support him financially. I'd much rather spend my attention on people whose voices are just as funny, in my opinion, um, people who are getting platforms now out of the la- uh, out of his shadow, like Tignataro or uh, Pamela Adlon's series Better Things, which she's now made without any of his interference for a couple of seasons, um, and which is just as great and, in fact, a more interesting show now that she has full creative directorial control um again that's a subjective opinion but there are so many there's so much content out there there are so many people out there there are so many things that make me laugh there are so many interesting voices from and there are so many good people people that we know are good um, and have made efforts um, to change themselves when they've done bad things. I was actually listening to an interview with Terry Crews um, of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, he, uh, obviously, huge, muscular black man, played in the NFL. Um, he talks about, in a recent podcast of theirs, the uh, episodes in Brooklyn Nine-Nine in which uh, they tackle a couple of more serious issues like uh, racial profiling and uh, sexual assault, and he talks about his journey as a as a human being, where he had he was literally in bar fights. He was uh, classic NFL masculine jock asshole. Um, he would he literally threw threw people up in the air and like got into bar brawls. He would. Um, be physically violent and abusive he mistreated women he uh, uh disregarded them as having any sort of social status or worth and then he describes how his view on that was changed and how his sexual assault experience um led to a completely world changing view where I, I don't know if you knew this story or whatever because he came out sort of early in that me too yeah. movement as well to talk about yeah, being um, assaulted by a, a male uh, agent at a yeah, Hollywood party. Someone grabbed his dick. And uh, how radically that sort of um, changed his outlook on the world and his understanding of power dynamics. Because he, a literal NFL player, yeah. seven foot tall, more muscles than any one person should have, found himself completely paralyzed in fear, completely in shock, yeah. completely in PTSD, um, was actually ex- it, it took his wife explaining to him that he had <laughs> that what he had just experienced was sexual assault and that she'd been through it and, and every woman she knew had been through it like to actually change his mindset and you listen to him describe who he used to be what he used to do to people the way he used to think of others and how he had actually changed and grown and understood and by the end of it I was just thinking 
that is a person who has put in the effort, who has made the changes, who has learnt and evolved. And that is all that I wanted to see from Louis, and he hasn't done that. And so when when there are so many good other options out there for entertainment, for the women that he oppressed, unfortunately, I don't think they'll ever get the opportunity to really have the platform to 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 <laughs> recover. But for me, as a consumer, I just, I don't have, I don't, I find it morally mystifying to to want to support a man like that. I, I find it really kind of confusing. Right. Uh, I guess that the, the, the thing that I am slightly confused by, I get that, I mean, part of, Part of liking a comedian is definitely their personality. Like you can have a guy that is, um, you know, on paper writes really good jokes, but there's just something about him, like Crystalia or something. You're just like, fuck, that guy's such a douche. But you know, he says some funny things, I guess, whatever. But you just like you have to. There's a like you have to like a comedian. So their personality is to- totally wrapped up in it. But at the end of the day. Part of part of me is just like I mean these guys are just telling jokes. Since when did you know you know when this when the Louis thing came out with you know he's coming out with these like trans there was a trans joke and a school shooting joke and they were, everyone was like yeah um, when people were coming out and saying this year um uh you shouldn't be making jokes about uh, school shooting and stuff like I mean these these guys. These guys are making jokes. I mean, since when? Are, since when are they? Since when? Since when did they need to be the guys saying, you know, the exactly the right thing at the right time? I mean, these guys. I mean, obviously that feeds into good joke telling. I mean, if you, you know, the truth is the truth is funny. If you're saying, if you're if you're speaking truth to power, or you're or you're saying that the, the funniest things are the truest things. And they kind of like, ah, that that's that thing that I've always been thinking about that. That's funny. But at the end of the day, they are comedians. So part of what I'm kind of confused about is why do we need these guys to be the old moral arbiters of everything? I mean, they're not, they're just comedians. They're just joke guys, but I get the personality thing. I get that you need to like them. And if you don't like a guy, then you just don't like a guy and that's fine. I'm not holding them up to be a moral arbiter, but I think if their observations ring false to the audience member because we don't, uh, because the viewpoint that they're seeing things from is no longer accords with our understanding of the world, then they don't deserve, uh, then they're not doing their job as a comedian. The uh, Nick, so I gotta, I gotta, gotta pull you up on this one though. This stuff that happened with Louis is happening before all those specials that you loved. So are you are you thinking? I mean, his jokes with respect to everything else, not sexual jokes or joking about the scandal, or whatever. His jokes haven't changed. His perspective hasn't changed. Just the fact that you have discovered this has has changed your perspective on him. So all this stuff happened, you know years and years ago well not years and years ago but at least 10 years ago and since then all those specials that you've loved his perspective on thing was still valid then so it's only it's only your perspective on him that has changed which i i get i'm not i'm not 
I'm not saying that I don't get that. I get that as well. Yeah, I I don't disagree, but I don't think that that's I don't I don't think that's um, in the of context note. of what I, you know I, about him. You can't. Yeah, you I, can't don't, I don't. I don't think that. that it, I don't think that you uh, that holding up what was and what is and saying, hey, these aren't the same. You, you, why are you not consistent in these things? I don't think that that's, that achieves anything. Of course it's different. Um, it is because now our understanding of the perspective that he's actually got has colored the way that we interpret things. It's the same way that like some language becomes racist with more time. When you go back and you look at an sure. old movie and you're like, oh, that's mm, that's very blackfacey. Oh, that's not the words that we use yet. Um, oh, you know, or even in sort of innocuous ways where, um, you know, like in a 1940s film, like a, a woman will come in and says, oh, it feels so queer in here. And you're like, okay, yeah. what, our use of the words, our understanding of the context, the, the language, the angle, the objective, the subtext, the more information we have about things, the more that it changes our perspective. So the fact that now, if I went back and watched that entire fucking season where he's like perving on Pamela Adlon and, and they're having that weird bath together and he's basically playing out his own off-screen fantasies, where at the time that felt kind of transgressive and interesting in a way that it was like, oh, he's making himself look so creepy. Now going back <laughs> yeah. and watching it, I yeah, swear to God, I'll be like, fucking out yeah i'm out i don't want to i don't want to see it because now all of a sudden it's not it's not a good hearted attempt at talking about taboos examining what is and isn't appropriate seeing dramatically what those blurry lines are in a safe fictional setting when it's actually oh this was what this guy actually was thinking and actually was doing off screen and now he just gets a way to like play it out for the show as well in a like a well um, you can say yeah in a um a voyeuristic kind of manner yeah so you're no but you're attributing the voyeuristic i mean i get it no that's what i'm saying he's he's putting it out there but knowing that people are going to be watching him experience his kink right like that there is other levels to it now that we know that he was doing this well but you can't deny that that's not good art though because that's like I mean, bringing up your most honest—that's such truth, a fucking slippery so slope. That's good art. Well, is it? I mean, yeah. But, I mean, why? If if a guy like uh, who was raping people off screen goes and makes a rape film, um, is that good art? Because he's taking his um, abusive and psychotic tendencies from the real world and then like inflicting it on others again. Is that is that worthy? Honestly, honestly, yes. I don't. Well, not not worthy, but I think I do think I do think technically it's good art, if it is good art. But I'm not saying it's. Uh, I don't correct moral. It. Yeah, yeah. I, look, look, the definition of art is is loose and provocative so, at the same time, but. Either way. So are you just not curious at all what what he's uh, what he's because he talks about he talks he addresses it and it's uh, I mean I mean if, even if I was you even if I hated the guy I'd be like 
I really want to hear this. I'm I'm curious into how he uh, addresses it, but I think that he didn't need to make a financial product, a commercial product, and make money off his announcement of his side of the story or his perspective on the story, given that he has so many means and methods to do that, either through the press, either just personally in an email that's uh, distributed and then covered as news. The fact that he hasn't made public statements ever since returning to the limelight, doing these shows again, that the only way that we could know his thought processes was to be in attendance or watch his product is, again, uh, another reason for me not to trust his sincerity in attempting to return to light. If he had written a Washington Post editorial in which she explained this is why I'm going to go back into comedy and this is why I have accepted what I've done and this is why I'm willing to try again and you can like it or not I would read that article because I'm interested to know what he says I'm willing to give him a chance to have his voice heard but I'm not going to spend money just for the privilege of hearing him show no remorse for his actions but if a clip came up on YouTube on a recommended thing that we talked about his uh, thing, you would watch it. Uh, I don't know. Possibly, I, I might. I might sit, wait for a transcription, or you know, like if it got coverage. Oh, really? No, but I mean, I, I mean, gen- that's like superstitious at that point. Uh, I, I, yeah, like, I, I, I reading I, the transcript and not because it would be coming from a um, an editorial perspective, I suppose. And I'm just, I'd be interested to know what the uh, broader context of how people had responded to it as well as merely the source of his words. But anyway, um, the other the other thing that you said was, I'm not jobs. sure why people, um, why the thing is we need to remove them from their career, lose their jobs. Um, I, I, I think ultimately the question is what is the difference between someone who does this kind of behavior in an entertainment sector versus someone who does this in an accounting firm, right? Um, If you were in an accounting firm and you brought in a a younger, um, you know, graduate CPA into the office and said, Hey, do you mind if I jerk out, jerk off in front of you? Um, The immediate implications of that would be you don't work at that accounting firm anymore. And, the situation in comedy is it's backstage, it's at theatres, everyone sort of freelances or gigging or self-employed. Do you have a boss? Do you have those kind of legal liabilities? Is slightly different. I understand that there is nuance there. But at the same time, I think the impulse to say you have abused the power that you had in that setting, in the room, as an icon of that industry, you have abused that situation. Um, I think that's why people say, unless you show that you are making an effort here, you don't get to go back in there again because we've seen what you do in this context. The The idea as well is these people are not going to be, uh, unless you're at a Weinstein scale where you're going to end up in jail and you're probably going to die there. These people having that avenue closed off for them is not going to see them on the streets. Louis CK can go and work in a grocery store and pack people's bags, or he can go and, you know, serve dishes, you know, 
he can go stand in um, like the entrance to a Bunnings and show people where the power tools are. There are so many ways that he'll actually be able to support himself. So it, he's not at any risk of of suddenly <laughs> being quote unquote unfairly penalized, if you like, for a lower tier assault versus Weinstein. Um, he can still go off and make money. He can live out the rest of his lives. You know how many fucking thousands of people have the blossoming, tiny little Hollywood success. They get two films, they're their biggest fucking star in the 90s, and then they never get heard of again. And they their moment's over, and they go off, and some of them become school teachers, and some of them <laughs> go work in a grocery store. And they live the rest of their fucking lives in anonymity. I don't think that it is unreasonable in this circumstance to say, hey, I'm not going to bring you to my club anymore, Louis, because you assaulted people that I brought to the club. So you're not welcome back here. Good luck to you. You know, go learn something. And that has retrain. happened. That, ha- that has happened at a, it has. At a, a number of clubs. But... Um... The thing that uh, I, I think kind let of me just, people let me just right underline now. and sorry, say that yeah. I, I don't go, think sorry. that it is wrong to to take the job away from people when people fucked up that job. That's the end point. When people fucked up that job, yeah, okay, all right. I mean, the thing that the thing that I think is angering people about uh, angering people about uh, Louis uh, releasing a special is that uh, that the annoying thing is maybe he can't be cancelled. Because he's basically just a guy with a microphone. If he can b- release a special by himself, as long as he's got his managers telling him that, oh, yeah, you got you got plenty of people that are going to buy this shit, like uh, schmucks like me, paying, well, you've charged $8 US, which was actually $13 AUD uh, for the special. I'm sure he, I'm, apparently, I'm, I'm, like I said on the last one, I'm listening to his openers, uh, podcast and apparently on the last on one of the ones that he released of his we- website he made a million dollars just profit uh, off the last special that he just produced put it out so I reckon after this he's probably for this special the amount of buzz that is there and with the whole thing like I don't think he's lost a I mean he's gone away for two years but I don't reckon I reckon he's probably made a killing from this and if the guys are you can't really cancel a guy that's self-employed as long as there is a market for it there. Yeah, it's like the uh, the Fox News thing, right? Like if you can find the niche and make the money off the the audience of that niche, then you don't you're not accountable yeah. to anyone else. I mean, the thing was, yeah. I think he, I think it said something along the lines of he lost thirty five million dollars in terms of salary deals. and and deals and this kind of thing when it happened. Yeah. So. You know, he would have felt some financial pain, I fucking hope. But you're you're absolutely yeah. right. Like he he can, he's still got an audience. There's still people turning up to his shows. There's still people buying his mm. special. Um, he would probably, as you say, definitely make more than the million off this one. Yeah, yeah. And I guess he's he's one of the first ones. He's one of the first cancelled guys that have actually. He's probably the only. I mean, Net, um, Aziz had. A Netflix, at least Aziz, different case, obviously, but Aziz got a Netflix special. But um, yeah, I mean, Louis' popularity, like you said earlier, actually, he's he's, he's got such a fan base that he, he doesn't actually need it anymore. Um, and he can just run off. Um, and I, I presumably, I mean, that's the other thing. This is 
Yeah. This is the, the thing that kind of gives me pause for thought is that I can tell that his the guys that are really championing his comeback uh you know, hot blooded males, you know? That they're all like even even if it's coming up on my YouTube recommendations, it's like uh Louis coming back. Yeah, it's like the it's like that the Joe Rogan f- fan. It's like the Joe Rogan crew is like, yeah, fuck the PC police. Um, Lou is coming back, you know, telling them like it is. Yeah, he's saying fuck you to the Me Too and fuck you to the PC. And that's the stuff that's like, I don't want to get, I don't, that's what I'm like, I don't want to get, you know, swept up with those guys. But I feel like there is actually a part of me that is actually getting swept up with it. But it is, it is, it is, it's like a rebellious, it's a, it's a reactionary, it's a reactionary thing in a way, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to, you think, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Interesting, interesting situation. Um, shall we, uh, boot up the old recommendation engine since we've been, uh, Talking about things to watch and and what we've been uh, musing totally. about, and maybe we, th- we throw some other ones in the mix. Uh, let me just uh, also Nick. Can I just say? Can yeah. I just say something right now? I really enjoyed that chat with you, and I love oh. chat. I love talking with you about this stuff, man. I I oh, love thank you. I right? I love te- like I love texting with you about this stuff. Like even when you te- send me that text. Uh, I know, I know. I kind of like already start building arguments again, like arguing with you in my mind uh, against this stuff. And uh, I just got to say, I just love talking with you specifically about this kind of shit. And, you know, sometimes you iron out my bullshit thoughts and sometimes you put me further in my <laughs> trench of uh, whatever <laughs> I'm thinking, but uh, I'm just grateful that uh, I could talk to you and I've got a guy like you that will listen to what I have to say and will tell me what you think and stuff, and I just uh, love it. Thank you. Well, that's very sweet. Thank you. I I like having these chats with you, and I like uh, having to think about my positions as well. I mean, that's the benefit of a discussion, right, where you're you're exchanging ideas and both forced to think about why you believe the things you believe. Totally, um, and I think that's why we're friends, man. We we di- we disagree on on a surprising amount of stuff, and I think that's part. I think that's part of why I think that's part of why we're friends. That's part of why I'm glad to have you as a friend, or, and that's part of why we're the number th- three podcast in Lithuania. <sighs> it's because of it's because of the the, uh, the friction and yeah. the camaraderie that's there, and the combination of those two. Boom, baby. But- that's that's the famous uh, <laughs> that's catnip. <laughs> it's uh, it's Mentos in a Coke bottle. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what the Vilniusians Vil, Vil, Vilniusians uh, love in over in Lithuania. Um, do you think Do you think we're the longest running podcast without ever having an actual sponsor? <laughs> no. Like, do, do you think we're actually the longest running podcast? I think we might be the. I think we might have the largest ratio of years on the air to low viewers <laughs> like <laughs> we've been going the longest for the least amount of return um yeah <laughs> well that's basically to the benefit right. of I'm so gonna few s- 
I'm going to start making some fake ads for this shit. Yeah, let's do it. I've got nothing else to do. I'm All right. Do it. Um, so uh, let me find the keys because uh, I want to start this recommendation engine. <laughs> Welcome to Deep Thoughts Recommendation Engine. Uh. I thought you were gonna get go to like a vroom, vroom, vroom. no. There's a there's, if you, look as you just heard, everyone can skip back to the start of the oh, bingo. There's a there's a there's an engine. There's a diesel engine. I remember purdering. it. I remember it. Sorry. <laughs> And then it's like a, yeah. a little bit of nice, cool, jazzy piano with an engine. Oh, that was sick. That was sick. Oh, cool. Um, alrighty. Uh, I got a couple of things I'd like to throw mm. forward for people looking for a little bit of lockdown entertainment. You know, times are strange out there. Looking for things to keep yourself uh, amused and occupied. Um, TV show to start with. Uh, Josh Thomas's latest series, Everything's Gonna Be Okay, which is on Stan. Um, I really loved Please Like Me. Uh, this is his sort of first show after that, and he did a uh, deal with an American network. Um, Please Like Me was actually funded in the later years by an American network as well, which subsequently shut down. This is a, a new network and a new show um, set in America. Started off a little bit uncertain as to whether or not the tone was what I wanted and setting like an American voice with him starring in it. Uh, sorry, an Australian voice with him starring in it in an American context is a bit weird. But then it settled into this really nice groove. It's about him with his two half sisters, one of whom has autism, one of whom is like uh, 12. It's just a really nice sort of uh, low stakes family kind of drama but yet touches on some really interesting issues in the autism uh, sort of character uh, realm, talking about consent with like a, a, teen, a, a high-functioning um, person with autism who wants to have sex, who wants to get drunk, who like wants to do all these normal human things, but how does, how does consent work when someone has autism? How does, uh, is it statutory rape? Is he autistic? No, this is a sister character played by an actual actress with... Uh, autism um he has adhd which he discovered aged 29 much like you um and the uh the first time i've heard it we did an adhd (laughs) test on this podcast but you forgot about it diagnosed we did an adhd test on this podcast and you forgot about that because of your adhd (laughs) (laughs) we literally literally did this (laughs) <laughs> I remember that you literally did that. Fantastic. Anyway, everything's going to be okay. It's yeah. it's if you like, please like me. It's really nice. Um, it's on Stan over there, I think. Um, Michael, anything else? Um, I watched a great movie called The Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss. Oh yeah, uh, it's a. Uh, it's a horror thriller. I was looking up on this movie. Apparently, it was going to be part of the. I'm probably going to get this wrong, but not maybe not the Marvel, the Dark Universe, world, the Universal's like, monster movie kind of stuff. Yeah, and then uh, after the after some movie tanked, the Mummy. Uh, yes, you know everything. I knew. Uh, after the Mummy tanked, they 
were gonna they decided to put more of a focus on independent uh, movie making. I saw this movie. It's like I didn't know really what I thought it was gonna be like a ghosty maybe thing. It turned out I don't know. Whatever. It was a great movie. Elizabeth Moss. Um, check it out. I think it's James sure. Wan, right? The director James Wan, who um, is an Australian director. I th- I oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, um, but I think, yeah, I think no, I'm that, thinking. Uh, uh, also, Jeremy Renner has just released a new album. Um, <laughs> it's called the Med. It's called the Medicine. I haven't listened to it, but I think you should listen to it. <laughs> wow! Um, Great. I went through a couple of um, uh, track listings, and look, I've heard. I've actually heard a snippet of um, a couple of his songs, and it's obviously terrible. Um, but I just want to, I'm just going to, sorry, Jeremy Renner. I mean, this is a guy, this is like, so look at that, Nick. Oh yeah. Look no, I've seen artwork. the key art. Yeah. There's that one shot of him God like lying backwards on the piano. Like, yeah. Piano. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's the album cover. Yeah. The, so, um, and go check out, go, go, go check out the album, the medicine by Jeremy Renner. Um, can I just say, comedically, I like the idea that you've made a terrible suggestion. It's not a terrible S- suggestion. Psych- psychologically, holistically, uh, conceptually, don't like that you've turned the recommendation engine into an insincere recommendation engine so early on in a new segment's life. So, uh, you is, know, this, I, I'm not. Uh, this is not an insincere recommendation. You haven't listened to say this. That, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that I recommend going to. I recommend listening to this album, but because I know it's going to be fruitful, this is the track list of Jer- Jeremy Renner's album, "The Medicine." Number one, "The Medicine," "Never Sorry," "Every Woman," "Best Part of Me," "Ghosts and Roses," "December Days," "Main Attraction," "Kill Yourself," Jeremy Renner. <laughs> that. <laughs> Is, it's a strange final like, track. Kill yourself, you, Jeremy Renner. You it's very meta, as like a an, a closing. We can't number. tell if Jeremy Renner's about to play a really bad r- version of like an Axl Rose wannabe <laughs> in a movie, and this is just part of the marketing campaign. But yeah. that's disgusting. But every, he's not even joking because this is not the. He, this is like his second album. Oh, but it's I fascinating. Can't wait. I mean, gonna... you do you remember the uh, Jeremy yeah. Renner? Um, this is becoming Jeremy Renner news. We need a jingle. But do you remember the Jeremy Renner Renner um, don't, don't, so- network? Don't don't you dare even tempt me, Nick. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the Jer- <laughs> Jeremy Renner? Jeremy news. Renner launched an app, right? His own like social media app. You saw that, right? No, Jeremy. No, Re- oh, the, he did the Jeremy Renner app legitimately launched and within like three weeks had been an absolute dumpster fire and shut down again. That's a recommendation for you you just now. Just go off and read about the Jeremy Renner app because the glorious uh, uh, highs and lows of that story are delightful in their own horrible way. it was called the Jeremy Renner app? It was called the Jeremy Renner (laughs) app. (laughs) The Jeremy Renner app launched in 2017 was meant to be a place to do, and I quote, fun things. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Go off and have a read of that. That's also delightful. I'm downloading I'm, that app. I'm going to... Um, it's off the market. You can't get it anymore. Um, 
another suggestion, uh, second one from me. There's a comedian who I have discovered relatively recently who I am really digging stylistically. Her name's Meg Stolter. Um, she's she does a lot of stuff on Twitter. Um, she's a very I think she comes from a, like an improv background, but in a, a quite an avant garde, maybe UCB kind of way. Um, and her style and mannerisms are very much like you just fumbling over words and getting it wrong and then ending up with like sentences that don't make sense. Um, except she does it deliberately. Um, the uh, she puts up so these little <laughs> too slow. Yeah, she uh, puts up these videos on uh, Twitter, which are sort of character-based jokes about uh, like aunt who just heard about the coronavirus or um, someone just explaining their um, crockery cabinet and these very strange characters, uh, which I find delightful. Uh, but she's just launched a podcast called Confronting Demons with Meg Stolter, where she basically gets uh, people on the podcast to have an argument with them. And uh, she, she gets people that have wronged her and she brings them on the podcast to <laughs> abuse. That is um, great. And uh, it's all like the first episode has like Chelsea Peretti, um, uh, oh, Gethard, um, someone Gethard. Uh, what's his name? Chris um, Gethard. Greg? Chris Gethard. Chris, Chris Gethard, Tim Dillon, um, Chelsea Peretti. She just calls these people up and basically says, uh, 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 why are you not at, at my podcast? You said you were going to be on the show. And they're like, yeah, they just get into what? a fight. It's, it's, it's really, <laughs> it's really But good. is it staged? Is it staged? Uh, yeah, it's staged. Uh, that's fun, though. It's very fun. Um, yeah. So Meg Stolter, really, well. really fun upcoming comedian. She's... Um, She's having a bit of a moment at the moment in this lockdown. Um, there's people like Eva Victoria and this sort of thing who are coming up in this strange kind of little Twitter comedy moment and doing interesting things. And her podcast is, is really funny. Um, <clears throat> she, she, she had brothers on the podcast as well. It's quite good. Um, yeah, cool. Anyway, I think that's that's probably enough little um, recommendations for this I'm week. Just gonna, I'm just going to slip. I'm going to slip in two more and not even talk about Ooh. them. Um, okay. And it's just going to be Thunder Thundercat just released a new album, which is great. And also, Adam Buxton did a podcast with Malcolm Gladwell. That is so fucking good. Awesome. Watch those. Well, if you're uh, looking for other things to do between uh, listening to podcasts and uh, watching TV shows, then you should jump back into our archives because there are plenty more episodes back there. You can find it all at deepfort.pubbean.com or in your public class player of choice. Uh, we're on Facebook if you want to see interesting articles and follow up on conversations. Facebook.com forward slash deepfort. Get a notification when an episode comes live on twitter.com slash deepfort or on Instagram. Find deepfort there. Um, our jingles and songs are on soundcloud.com slash deep fort and if you have a question or a recommendation or uh, oh, uh, what did you fuck. do oh fuck <laughs> oh my god fuck I just oh dude I all I saw was you had stood so on your own to... chair and then I'm just so somehow damaged your yourself I'm so sorry to ruin your outro but I just jammed my finger in between the table and the chair, so fucking bad. <laughs> oh, oh my god, that was the worst pain. That was the worst pain I've felt in like at least four months. 
It was so fucking painful. Okay, so you keep going with the intro. I'll just be here. Deepfour at gmail.com. Um, if you have any medical advice or suggestions about how to ice uh, sprained <laughs> appendages. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Oh, my God. That really hurt.